Hello and welcome to Grassroots, the environmental news show. Patty and Doug Wood and our worldwide team of experts with your weekly update on what in the world is going on and how it may impact your life. Welcome back. This week, Patty and I spent some time with Leah Segetti, the founder of Momovation, the website that tests all kinds of consumer products. You've heard us talk about Momovation on the show before. It's the organization that tested those butter wrappers and found high levels of PFAS. And they also tested toilet paper that had PFAS in it. So Momovation has kind of changed the way we buy things for our house and maybe yours too. That interview is coming up in just a few minutes. But first, some news items. Speaking of testing, I've got news about General Mills. You know, that giant that makes all kinds of cereals, etc. So are you actually eating phthalates for breakfast? If you're eating food from General Mills, you might be. Last week, Consumer Reports sent a letter to the food giant about concerning levels of phthalates in several General Mills products, including Annie's Organic Cheesy Ravioli, YoPlay Low-Fat Yogurt, Cheerios, and Green Giant Cream Style Sweet Corn. Cheerios. Oh, yeah. One of the things I lived on when I was a kid. Phthalates, these are the things often called plasticizers, and they are chemicals that are used to make plastics more durable and flexible. Some studies have linked phthalates to heart disease, diabetes, and obesity. And I know that they are endocrine disruptors as well, which makes them very, very problematic for people who are concerned about these hormone-changing chemicals. Phthalates are, are found, you know, primarily in plastics and in fragrances. They're in other things too, but these two things are consumer products that are used on a daily basis, right? What? If these are chemicals that make plastics softer, why would they be in fragrances? Well, there's large molecule phthalates that are used for plastics and small molecule phthalates that are used for fragrances, and they actually act as um, an ingredient that allows the fragrance to last longer. So are they probably in like those home things that you plug in and makes oh, makes your oh, makes your house for smells, sure. Oh, makes for your house sure. smell like a chemical? Yes, yes. And you know, you've walked past people who have just used some kind of fragrance on their hair or on their skin or whatever. And you know, that fragrance just lingers yeah. for a long, long time. And if people use them on a regular basis, their entire house smells like them. It really never goes away. Yeah pretty stunning, actually. Yeah. So in January, Consumer Reports published an article listing the plastic chemical contents of more than 80 popular snacks and other pre-prepared foods. The study found that 99% of supermarket and fast foods contained phthalates, and almost 80% contained traces of the potentially harmful substance called bisphenol A. BPA, we have all heard about many, many times. Yeah. Uh, you see a lot of products in stores that says BPA-free because we know that BPA is an endocrine disruptor and a possible carcinogen, and it's in so many plastics, uh, especially plastics that have the recycling code number seven. So, and these are poly, polycarbonate plastics. So 99%, 99% of the products in a supermarket had phthalates in them. Yep. Supermarket and fast foods contain phthalates. Holy yep. Christmas. I know. It's pretty amazing. So they're so ubiquitous in our food supply that it's almost impossible to avoid them completely. And in some cases, they get into the ingredients before they even reach the factory where yeah. they are being manufactured. But I have to talk about, you know, also, this is another study that has some relevance here. So there was a recent study, the first of its kind, which found that chlormaquat, which is a pesticide, was in 92% of the oat-based foods 
including Quaker Oats and Cheerios. So in the U.S., it is not allowed on food crops, but the Trump administration approved its use on imported oats and increased the allowable levels of this toxic pesticide from 10 parts per million to 30 parts per million. Way to go. (laughs) Way to go. So not only do our Cheerios have phthalates in them, but they also have chlormaquat in them. These are the things that, you know, some of the first little foods that our children are able to pick up by themselves off their high chair tray and stuff into their mouths. Holy Christmas. And and, And the government regulators actually made the... The government regulators actually increased the amount of this chlormaquat that was allowable. Cool. Yeah. All right. So California was one of the first states to ban the ubiquitous plastic bag, but now it looks like things are not going the way everybody thought. In fact, there are more plastic bags by weight than there were before the law was passed. So you say, well, how in the world could that happen? Well, here's the story about that. According to a report by consumer advocacy groups, 157,000 tons of plastic bags were discarded in California the year the law was passed. 157,000 tons which is a lot. But by 2022, that number had jumped to 231,000 tons. Now think about that for a second. A plastic bag is not that heavy, right? Yeah, and this is a 47% jump, Yeah, you know, right? and, you know, you would need a lot of plastic bags to get to a pound of plastic bags. But to get to a ton of plastic bags, that would be an unbelievable amount. And we're talking about 231,000 tons of plastic bags. And that's just in the state of California. The problem, it turns out, is there was a section in the law that allowed grocery stores and large retailers to provide thicker, heavier weight plastic bags to customers for a dime. And the manufacturer said, well, don't worry. These plastic bags can be reused and people are going to use them just like cloth bags. But that is not what happened. People brought the bags home and they threw them in the garbage. Yeah. So those reusable bags are made from HDPE or high density polyethylene, which is actually much thicker and heavier than the old LDPE or low density plastic bags. Those really thin bags that you could almost see through. And technically, both materials can be recycled, but that rarely happens both in commercial and residential situations, as you just said. So people just pitch them out. So, so you, know, you know, what to do instead, keep your canvas bags in the car or by the door so you don't forget them when you go shopping. If you get takeout food, ask the restaurant if they can pack your food in a paper bag. Skip the utensils. Really? I mean, we've got to stop this unbelievable consumption of single-use plastic. It's going to be, well, it already is. I mean, the amount of plastics on this planet has already passed a planetary boundary, which means that it is not sustainable for the earth. We're way past our plastic limit. Yeah, and you've got people you've got people scurrying around, you know, the we've got the endocrine disrupting groups, the scientists who are so concerned about it. You know, the it, it's interesting we have these international meetings, right, in different countries all over the world and we yeah. usually meet once a year on the climate issue, right? Reducing the amount of CO2 that we're pumping into the air, right? But the plastics international groups are meeting three times a year. That's how concerning this plastic crisis is. Yeah. And can I say it's consumers who can really drive this? All you have to do is say no to plastic and use every opportunity. Try to do it, you know, once a day. 
once a day say no to plastic. That's right. You know what? One thing you can do, get rid of that ubiquitous white garbage bag that's in everybody's kitchen in America. You know, when you're grocery shopping, you get a couple of double paper bags and you use those as your garbage bags. All your dry garbage goes into though into that bag. You collect your wet garbage either for your compost, if it's, you know, if it's fruit and vegetable scraps and you actually give it back to the earth where it's useful. Remember, rotting produce makes beautiful soil in a compost heap, but rotting produce in a landfill makes methane which is a gas that is actually more potent, a more potent greenhouse gas than CO2. And then just put your wet garbage in a, a used plastic bag or in a bio bag, which biodegrade you know, quite easily in the environment, and just tie that up and put that in the top of your paper bag. Skip the white plastic garbage bags in your kitchen. Good advice to live by. All right. Okay, enough of that. And now for our feature story. It is all about Momovation and its founder, Leah Segetti. Leah is a consumer watchdog, an author, activist, community organizer, and strategist. She founded the award-winning consumer activist website, Momovation.com, and is the author of Green Enough, Eat Better, Live Cleaner, Be Happier, All Without Driving Your Family Crazy. Doug and I spoke with Leah last week and asked her what drove her to take things into her own hands and start Momovation. I wanted to become an energy lobbyist. I wanted to go to D.C. and become a lobbyist. And that was the trajectory of my life. That's where I thought my life was going to take me. And I thought I was going to leave California and, and just, you know, go do my thing in D.C. And then some life, some things happened in my life that prevented that. The first thing that happened is I met my husband and he was the love of my life. So I said, okay, maybe I won't go to DC. Maybe I'll stay here in California. And then we got married. And then what happened was my father became very sick with mesothelioma. And that's the type of cancer you get from asbestos exposure. Came out of the blue. And it happened when I was six months pregnant with his first grandchild. And so back then, there weren't a lot of treatments. There wasn't anything you can do. They did a surgery. They found out that he had it. They closed him back up. They said, you got six months to live if you're lucky. And that's what they told him. And so we had a very close family. I was very close with my father, very close with my extended family. We're Nordic. We're Swedish. And so we're very close knit. And so it just devastated me. I quit my job and I went to help my mom care for my father every day up until the very end. And I was the one holding his hand when he took his last breath. And that just devastated me. So I spent about a year just in a haze. I got really kind of obsessive over things. But what it really did as well is, is it had me start to think about things in consumer products, things in the environment. Um, within that same next couple years, I had an uncle die of lung cancer. I had an aunt die of breast cancer. And I had another uncle die. And so we went from this big extended family to this little tiny family. And it just oh. it rocked my world. Wow. And so, you know, ever since that, it totally changed my beliefs, my thought process on, you know, how this works. Environmental issues became very intimate to me. You know, they came very real to me where before I just kind of like brush it off and be like, whatever, I don't care about the polar bears. Now I understand that the polar bears are like us. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're at the top of the food chain. And I understand things in a very different perspective. So was there like a single event in your own life that kind of catalyzed your own thinking about toxins in the environment? 
So the weirdest thing happened to me. I got backyard chickens. I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but I live in a place in California where there was a lot of old orchards. And I lived on a piece of property that was a walnut orchard like 60 years ago, 50, 60 years ago. And they sprayed a lot of DDT on my property. Well, I participated in a pesticide study and I have really, really, really long hair. I don't know if you can see it, but it goes all the way down to my, my butt. Um, sent my hair off to a lab in France. And about a year later, they got back to me and said, you got a lot of DDT in your body. You got to figure that out and get rid of it. And I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> it's not like I'm living on a farm. You know what I mean? Like, what's this coming from? So that was me starting to lab test. I contacted a lab that was close by to my house. And it just so happens to be a lab that pioneered glyphosate uh, testing for consumer products. And I very fortunately had them 30 miles from my house because, you know, I live right close to strawberry farms and stuff like that. And, you know, I gave them everything in, in my backyard, soil from my backyard, my backyard chicken eggs. I gave them all the fruits and vegetables from my trees, all the vegetables. And what we found was that it was in the soil and it was also in the chicken yolks of my eggs. And so if you know something about DDT, it's a persistent chemical. So when those little chickens pecked into the soil, it went right into their yolk and right into my body. And so, you know, I struggled with Hashimoto's and had all these crazy things happen to me about a year after I started eating those eggs and I ate those eggs for about five, six years. So it was kind of like, whoa, it just blew my mind up with, oh my gosh, this is possible. So of course, then I start thinking, oh my gosh, what about my organic eggs? You know, because I got rid of the chickens. I'm like, this is awful for the chickens. No wonder they've been dying. You know, the eggs were kind of brittle, but because I'm I'm a California city girl, I don't know nothing about chickens. You know? So <laughs> I didn't really know the differences between, you know, brittle eggs and not brittle eggs. So I started testing organic eggs for DDT, started testing all kinds of food for DDT, just because I wanted to know. I didn't want to replace one thing with another thing. And it just got me really hooked on testing. And so the next thing you know, uh, a colleague of mine, she works for uh, the Sierra Club and she's one of their journalists. She had sent her period underwear off to a lab and they found PFAS in it. And she reported on it and I went, oh my gosh. And the industry was getting all involved. They were denying everything. They were doing all kinds of crazy shenanigans behind the scenes. And I was covering it on my website and watching how they were changing their website, watched how they were doing stuff and just kind of, you know, documenting everything. And of course, you need to be aware that companies themselves may not always be aware of exactly what's in their own products. A CEO reached out to me, which is really interesting. It was the CEO of a competing period uh, underwear brand. And she had started a change.org petition saying, you know, Thinks is really bad company because they have PFAS in their product, but you should buy ours. And so I, she contacted me because she wanted me to get involved because, you know, I have a, a great audience that would be really interested in it. And so the first thing I asked her is I said, well, what kind of testing have you done to prove this? And it turned out in our conversation that she really didn't know how to test for this. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of evident she didn't know what she was talking about. And she had all this stuff and marketing going on to make her look like she was a better brand. So I thought something just said to me, I don't know about this. So I started testing period underwear for total organic fluorine, which is kind of how you look at all 15,000 PFAS chemicals at the same time. Exactly, exactly. And so yep. what happened was, her brand wasn't as very much better than Thinks. 
And so when I put that out there right away, boom, lawsuits started happening, you know, things just started exploding. And it just got me really kind of addicted to lab studies, you know, being able to say, okay, here's the marketing, but let me put this to the test. Let me send it to the lab and let's see what is real and what is not real. And what I've learned about consumer products is, is a couple of things that are pretty Oh, unnerving for me. The global supply chain is not really working to keep our families safe because what's happening a lot of times is the vast majority of these companies are not manufacturing their own products. They're letting some other person manufacture their products. They're asking them to do testing and taking those tests or just assuming everything is fine. And they're taking people's words for it. They're not really doing their own testing. They're not doing their own thing. I have met some founders and CEOs that do their own testing. They can't afford flashy marketing campaigns. So they're not the biggest companies out there that are selling the most products. They're right. actually the minority. All right. So I know that you have a whole team of experts that review your science and actually help you with your reports, including Pete Myers, who we know at Environmental Health News. It's a great organization where we get a lot of our own information. But I wanted to ask you, what about the organics industry? I mean, did you find the same kind of problems with organics that you would find in traditional manufacturing? So, you know, I was a big proponent of organic and I really still am, but they completely ignore things like PFAS in packaging and, and you know, um, contaminants in manufacturing. They completely ignore phthalates, which are plasticizers that are really problematic to everybody's health. Um, they ignore all of these things. And, you know, I've I have some words about that. So we test and we find things in organic sometimes that we don't find in conventional brands. I sit back and I think, why? What? Why is that? And the only conclusion I can come up with is when you're a big, huge consumer brand, you have a lot more Q&A, you have a lot more testing, you have a lot more resources at your advantage, where organic brands are only tied to the organic farming plan. And it's only very specific things. And those things have nothing to do with plasticizers or some of the contaminants that are approved by the FDA. But their audience, organic eaters, really value things that are phthalate-free, PFAS-free, you know, everything-free. They they don't want to trade pesticides for plasticizers, you know, that are just as bad for their hormonal health. So I find myself in this weird uh, dichotomy in the world where sometimes the organic brands are not happy with me. Sometimes the conventional brands are not happy with me. But at the end of the day, I work for the consumer and I work for my community. So I don't really care what they think. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, okay, it's so really this is, interesting. This is fun. So just, I have a couple of questions. So what did you do when they found that you had DDT in hair samples and so on? And was it DDE, the breakdown product of DDT? Yeah, yeah it was You're DDE. Exactly right, it was DDE. So how did you remediate if there was any remediation for this? I mean, I know that, you know, for heavy metals, you can do something, um, but what did you do? You go to the doctor and the doctor will say to you, there's nothing wrong with you and DDT isn't going to hurt you. And that's what my doctor at UCLA told me. And I went, wow. well, then why did I get Hashimoto's? And why did all this stuff happen like a year after I started eating these eggs? And they just gaslight you. They're just like, oh, lady, you're crazy, you know? Right, right. So, I mean, I had to follow my own guidance. You know, I had at that point in time already taken everything out of my home and still kind of like, why do I feel bad? Why do I feel bad? It was the DDT. You know, I finally found it, the thing that was, you know, making my body go crazy. So we removed the eggs. I got rid of the chickens. Um, and then we moved a couple years later to another place. And before we bought the house, I tested the whole property. 
and it's 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 a new development. It was you know started 15 years ago, so that it, everything is pristine. And I got a sauna, so I do a lot of saunaing. But I'm a Nord, I'm Nordic, so we do saunaing anyways. <laughs> anyway, I, yeah, I, I nature, and I I do avoidance, you know, as best as I can. But also another thing I really had to do was just a lot of um, not stress out. You know what I'm saying? Like I just had to chill out. And I think for some reason, being able to lab test things and have the truth about something calms me down a little bit. So ironically, some people find that when they know the truth and they have the raw data, they're more upset. I actually am calmer because I'm like, all right, now I know what's going on. Now I know where it's at and I can just communicate it to everybody. And, you know, makes me feel like I have more control in the world. I saw your recent post about tea. Is there anything you can tell tea drinkers about what you found or haven't you finished that study yet? So I haven't, I'm in the process of testing tea. I haven't put that out yet. Um, we're actually at this moment right now testing tea for very specific PFOA, PFOS, like we're doing TOF testing, but what we're looking at is we're looking at the tea bags. And what I can tell your audience right now is if you're drinking tea, I would not opt for tea bags, even if it's organic. I would just avoid that whole spiel. I would go for the loose leaf tea, stick it in one of those stainless steel tea thingies and have it have at it that way. We're also doing PFOA, PFOF tests right now. So I'm identifying specific PFOA, PFAS contaminants. And I don't have all that data back yet, so I can't tell you which brands, but it's another example of something that my audience asked me about and I didn't have the answers. And so when my audience asks me things and I don't know, I shrug my shoulders. That's when I know I have to start testing. And tea is one of those things. Um, the other thing we're testing right now is we're testing coffee. I just sent an organic brand off and we found a fungicide and it was just kind of like well that's not supposed to be there and it's right, the type yeah. of fungicide that's used in storage to keep um mold from from gathering and stuff and i know for a fact that this is not allowed in the organic standards so we're going to keep testing coffee and i'm going to keep looking in to see you know um when we do pesticide testing we do 500 plus pesticides so it's kind of like not every single one available but the vast majority of them we're testing for and i also look at mycotoxins when i'm um testing coffee but we've tested all kinds of things for pfas um when the tof testing that i was telling you bef about before the total organic fluorine testing i counted it up We've done 25 of these consumer studies, and that's available on Momovation. And it's everything from yoga pants and sports bras to contact lenses to green beauty makeup, which is one of our most popular because, oh my gosh, the stuff we've been finding in makeup, dental floss, toilet paper. We just put out condoms and lubricants the other day. That was really popular. I know. I loved it. All right. So let me just, I need to step back a little bit. So you are choosing the materials to test based on what you're hearing from your, from your readers. Is that needs, correct? The needs of the moms and my audience, what okay. they need to know. Okay. Yeah. And Do information you... that's not out there and not available. That's what right. Are you testing for microplastics and nanoplastics at all? Yeah, but we're just, we don't have all our results yet. There's a lot of things that I have in, in process that okay. um, some of the things that I'm working on, we're, we're going to try to put in journals um, because I feel like they're a little bit more explosive and they need to go into a journal. And, and that's one of them where we're actually trying to identify everything that's in the plastic. 
Um, so that's one of my to-do lists for this year. Um, and I also have, you know, I have a bunch of those too that you won't necessarily see on my site until we have all of that done. Um, don't want to say too much about that, but yes, I have a lot of these things on my to-do list. They just don't go as quickly as I would like to get them up. Yeah. So right. where, where are you headed with Momovation? Where, where will Momovation be in five years if you have your way? Well, the truth of the matter is the more my community supports our site by clicking on our links and buying, the more money we have to test. And so I would love to quadruple our, you know, the, our testing budget because the more people that support us, the more we test. And so to me, it would just be like, we're going to be testing the entire grocery store. We're going to test everything in the personal care aisle. We're going to be testing food for not just PFAS, but for phthalates, for all pesticides, for microplastics, for everything. I mean, that's where I would like to go to be able to give people very, very clear direction on where they want to shop and, and what they want, who they want to support, if they want to support the hormonal health of their family. That's what I'd like to do in the future. It's just that, you know, you got to start small. I'm using my own resources. So the vast majority of all the money that's used for testing comes out of my company and it comes from my company from people supporting our work. Yeah. And I was just going to say, it's, it's an organization that is not just a science organization that's delivering the bad news, but you are delivering the bad news, but you're also delivering the good news. In other words, these are the brands that you shouldn't touch, right? Because they contain all these contaminants, but these are the brands where we have found no contamination. Yeah. So I, the, the big thing about me is I try to give people answers and I keep testing until I can find something to give them, you know, right. um, because as a mother, they work so hard and they're already so stressed out. And the last thing they want to hear is don't ever touch this thing here. Well, come on, there's got to be at least something that I can touch, you know, don't say no to me 100% of the time. So I try to make things um, easier for them. So we have a not our favorite realm, which is things that are, you know, we found issues with and a better realm, which is probably less toxic. We haven't found anything. If we found them, it was less. It just depends on the study. And then the best realm would be something that we couldn't find issues with or very minimal issues with, which we would say would be the best. And, right. you know, that's vetted through our advisors as well. And we put a lot of thought into it, you know, to try to try to make it easy. And so some people come to my my site and they want to read everything. And so I'm known for long form content. People hate me because I'm the overachiever of the world. So <laughs> I write really long investigations, but I, I make it so that they're clickable. You can go in and there's a table of contents and you can literally click on best brands and it takes you all the way to the bottom and it'll just show you you know, the, the data. And so if that's what you want to know, then go for it, girl, you know, have right. at it. Just click right. there, find right. it, see what you got to do. Leah Segetti, founder and driving force behind the popular website, Momovation, where literally tens of thousands of women go to get straight answers about products that they are using every day. You can find Momovation on the web at Momovation. Org. That's going to do it for this edition of our environmental news show, Grassroots. Special thanks to our guest, Leah Segetti, our wonderful staff that supports everything we do, and you, our listeners. We are very grateful for your support of Grassroots. You can learn more about all of these subjects on our website, www.grassrootsinfo.org. You can also reach us through the website with your comments and questions. Again, it's www.grassrootsinfo.org. I'm Doug Wood. Patty and I will be back next week with another edition of Grassroots. Thanks for listening.